Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we are continuing on with Act 1 of Salem's Lot. I am joined by Nova and also James. Hello. Hello, what's up? It's glad to be back. Yeah, welcome back. Happy to have you all here. But you know who's not happy? Every single character in this book. Why are they all sad? (laughs) (laughs) It's a New England town. What else is there to be happy about? Rip Nova. It's not Florida. <laughs> this is something this book could easily take place in Florida and I would not bat an eye. I'm not gonna lie to you. This gives it gives me like old Florida energy. I don't know why. Maybe there's just the like Venn diagram between New England and Florida is like really close. Yeah, yeah, no. De- definitely can't see any of this shit happening in Texas. Because, like, the moment some weird shit happens, someone's going to get shot, so. <laughs> That's literally northern Maine. This would only take place in southern Maine. The farther north in Maine you go, the farther south in the country you get. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Northern I- Maine is, like, Alabama minus incest. Alabama, Arkansas. (laughs) Anyways, chapter four. So, uh, Danny, I've been pronouncing his last name Glick, but also Mm -hmm. just because the tail end of that is Lick, and you just throw a G on the front. And others. (laughs) So, we find out that these two boys never make it through the woods. I kind of forgot that this is where we left off. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Now that I've Amazing. read past this scene, but you know. So uh, Danny makes it back to his family. Ralphie, you know, the bully, nowhere to be found. Honestly, I know I should care that Ralphie's not found, but like he was also a dirtbag. So if we had to lose somebody, may as well be Ralphie. But like Danny seemed fine. Like as a person. The Glick boys aren't aren't that bad. I, I think you're mistaken. Another character, the 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 bully that that uh, yeah. Mark fights. That, yeah, that's not Ralphie. That's not Ralphie. Ralphie's the younger one. So this whole time she's shitting on Ralphie. Poor little Ralphie. Ralphie's the youngest Glick boy. Yeah, I thought he, Ralphie Glick was the one that fought. No, 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 no. No. Who fought Mark? Wait, Mark? No. What's his I name? can't. Re- I can't remember because I that kid only pops up one time. Um, let me see if you have it written down. Richie. Oh God. Yeah. Well, okay. Any time in my notes that I shit on Ralphie, um <laughs> my bad. I know, because uh, I'm reading your notes and it's like, man, what the fuck did this poor kid do? <laughs> like Ralphie was the baby brother to yeah. Danny. See, okay, here's the thing. In my head, when they're going over there to go look at his train collection or whatever, I thought they were going over there and Danny was either going to beat the shit out of him because he beat up uh, Richie, who I thought was Ralphie. I thought this was going to be like a continuation of that storyline. Um, no. No, they're all friends. <laughs> they're, 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 they're like... They're like they just kind of left like the acquaintance, I guess, area yeah. of their friendship. So like they're they're just friends and everything, and they wanted to go over to uh to Marks and everything to go look at the the new monster models and the magazines that obviously the kids' parents disapprove of. And I everything. feel so bad now. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ralphie. Bullying a fictional <laughs> child, way to go. Poor <laughs> Ralphie. Uh-huh. Well, now I feel even more awful because I was like, when, well, when we get to the part about Danny, I was like, oh, whatever. That kid's brother. (laughs) 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 All right. I'm sorry I held you guys in prejudice. Okay. It's fine. You're fine. You're fine. There's so many characters in here. You get lost. So I I, I can't sit there. I've read this three times. You know, Mm -hmm. this is my third time reading. And everything. So to me, it's like when she's mentioning it, she's like, "Yeah, I know. I kind of made some of the mistakes right there." It's like, "Well, I thought such and such and such." And yeah, it's a huge cast. It is a yeah. huge cast of characters, and it's almost like an ensemble, pretty much. I feel like I need a list going. To be honest, I was I thinking mean, about I, doing that. Yeah, I probably need that. It might be nice for me to put on my blog or something a list of all the characters, little short descriptions of everybody, but. 
I don't know if I'm going to do that, but maybe. We'll see. Ralphie, not the bully. Not the bully, okay? <laughs> if you listen to my podcast this last episode, my bad. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, five days later, Ralphie is still missing, and Danny had to be rushed to the ER because he suddenly collapsed in the middle of the night. And I'm like, ooh, now that I have the next chapter ideas, now I'm like, ooh. It's the reason he collapsed. <laughs> Vampire related? I don't know. Um, so then we get to see this Larry Crockett again. Oh my god, Larry Crockett. His daughter has to be, uh, what is her name? Richie? Whatever that girl's name is that everybody thinks hot. Hold on. Let me tell you huh? Something. What? <laughs> I'm so confused. Hold on. As far as I know, Larry Crockett doesn't have a kid. He has a wife. Hold on. If I, if I hold on hold on i gotta look at my notes ruthie ruthie's last name is crockett yeah related maybe she's because yeah. i found out she was in high school oh okay so then maybe he did oh my god i think i may have rediscovered something because you, you okay something always new everybody keeps talking about how like she like is like really sexy kind of slutty and i'm like okay you know this is an adult a consenting adult and then the the matt says her being in his class and i was like um what (laughs) and everyone's like making like remarks about her body and i'm like this is creepy this is pervy behavior guys um gross name what teenager boy that isn't pervy no the adults are making oh 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 yeah. yeah, like Dud, who works in the dumpster, and Ben, ben and Matt make a couple of comments about her body, and I'm like, this is a little gross, guys. <laughs> well, uncomfortable. Again, the, the, the time that this was written, it was probably more or less like, it wasn't looked at as like, yeah, it, it wasn't looked at through the lens that we looked through it, where it's like, oh, this is pretty kind of, you know, this is kind of sketchy you know um but like then again i think we had this conversation last episode where you know uh when you learn about older people's love stories and you're like um are you okay are you a victim yeah (laughs) you know because like we 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 look at you know we look at like a lot of the classic stuff like what like uh what is it um i was about to say orson wells no not orson wells the one who wrote canterville ghost and Oscar Wilde, like mm-hmm. the stuff like that, you know, the classics of those eras. And then you sit there and you see how their flirtation is. And it's all like, what the hell? And everything. It's like, I would never have done that. And then you definitely look at like what Stephen King does. And, you know, this is something written in the seventies. And it's like, it's like, yeah, no, that wouldn't fly today whatsoever. Like someone would have sat there and, you know, scream, not, not, not consensual or whatever, or, you know, yeah. Spooky, um, scary yeah very very yeah. scary you know like those are red flags major red flags and everything and yeah most of these you can just look at and it's no longer a red flag but it is a red carpet of flags um that's kind of <laughs> how i'm feeling also i do like the vibe that it is currently thundering and lightning outside right now while i'm recording this so is I'm that feeling... a rumble i heard yeah it's really yeah. loud <laughs> amazing it just started as soon as i started this recording i didn't it was bright and sunny because i obviously walked to the pet store and i was like "Hmm, i'm glad it's not raining right now because it was it's been supposed to be able to it's supposed to be sorry geez i need to slow my roll because i'm stumbling um it's supposed to rain all week this week and i was like oh you know it's beautiful and sunny still la 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 and then you know start press record and now thunder lightning crashing and carlos yeah. visiting yeah just a little spooky amazing stephen king wants Obvious. the vibe yeah apparently Dude. anytime he's discussed stephen king it just a lightning thunderclap yeah. anyways so i, I even wrote uh, ralphie the bully whoops okay oh <laughs> or ralphie I should go back in these notes and scribble and be like, sorry, didn't know. Whoops. Ignore this. Um, so we get back to the realtor. He's making a lot of shady deals 
very spooky. Mm-hmm. Like, don't know what he's into, but this whole Marston House situation, he's being weird. It's being yeah. scary. So, uh, basically, they call him up, and the people that bought the Marston House, Slaker, whatever the other guy's name is, Straker and Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, they call him up, and they're like, hey, we're having packages delivered to the dock in the middle of the night. You need to go get those packages and put them in the basement. And then lock all the doors and then put the keys in the basement. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, um, I would be like, yeah, no. This is a fear not. that I still have. I still have this fear in, especially since I moved, mm-hmm. uh, you know, er- earlier this year. Yeah. I know that feeling of like when you're in a place that's completely dark and mm-hmm. it's foreign to you. And then your brain starts, you know, conjuring up all those phantasms and everything. And it's all like, it's all like, yeah, just throw the keys down there and just run, run, run up the stairs and everything. Yeah. You know. Well, I, okay. So my eyes have this condition where the pupils take in too much light. So Mm -hmm. I've always been like, as long as there's some sort of like weak light source, I've been able to see decently um, Mm -hmm. more than others, I guess. But obviously that's just through like me talking to other people, not through like me seeing other eyes. So I don't know for sure, but I, I've always been able to see like decently well in the night, like dark. So it's never really bothered me, but I went somewhere that had storm shutters on the windows. There was no light source. So when you turn the lights out, it was actually darkness. And I had never experienced like true and utter darkness before. And let me tell you, that shit's terrifying. Like when you've always been able to see decently well and then you just don't i'm like if this is what people are experiencing at like true nighttime no absolutely not there's definitely monsters in there and i just can't see them Mm -mm. yeah on the new moon if you go out when it's a new moon in a place where you don't have light pollution yeah it is dark as fuck (laughs) yeah it is like pure black like the only even littlest light is just little bit of stars but even that is not a whole lot of light yeah. yeah, see, I was always, like, we lived in an area for a little bit that didn't have much light pollution, and, like, where other people would need, like, flashlights to walk around at night, I could still see everything fine. I was like, la, 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 living my little goth kid dream, and then, um, yeah, so having never experienced that level of darkness until I was probably, like, 17, 18, that just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> But yeah, so Larry Crockett has uh, has the guys going up there to deliver those packages. Yeah, I would not want to be them. I don't know why these guys accepted this. Um, one of the guys decided to open the box for no freaking reason. He's like, oh, you know, just to make sure because he's being nosy. And I was like, dude, don't do that. These people will kill you. Like, it's not a question of if it's a question of when. Yeah, I don't know anything about them, but they definitely seem like murderers. Um, okay, so they go to the store to drop off all the packages. No light switches, which is a situation. So they have to drop mm-hmm. it at the store, and then they have to drop stuff at the Marston house. So after they drop it off at the store, they decide to like run it down to the Marston house, drop it off, and then they realize they forgot to put the keys down there. So they have to run throw the keys down there and he thinks he sees a body of that little uh, of uh ralphie yeah he thinks he sees like a kid's shoe jeans and everything that was described as what ralphie was wearing yeah so you know after that obviously this guy's freaked out as who wouldn't be first of all also if they were gonna kill ralphie why did they leave his body down there when they knew they were getting stuff delivered because Barlow was the one being delivered. What? You, you, okay, so in the scene going whenever they they were coming back into Jerusalem's lot, because mm-hmm. we kind of skipped over there, um, there is mention about how much this one specific crate makes uh, makes. Uh, I think it's. Floyd Tibbetts, I think it was Floyd that was mm-hmm. that was there that night, if I remember correctly. Um, it made him feel very much uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. And then I could have swore that they thought that they heard rats claw, uh, clawing, like maybe, you know, uh, but the other guy just thinks that, you know, um, it, it, it's all in your mind and everything. Uh, we're, it's late. It, we're tired. Let's mm-hmm. just quickly get this last run in. So pretty much from my gathering was in that box because they keep telling everyone, where's Barlow at? Where's Barlow? He's in New York on, uh, on a buying, uh, uh, excursion you know he, mm-hmm. he's buying antiques so that they can sell them well that's barlow and everything mm-hmm. and so yeah the boy was left in there so that when barlow awoke he had someone to feed on and mm-hmm. everything so pretty much straker was like already making sure that by the time that his master arrived there was a meal there immediately for him to feed on that makes sense yeah yeah because you know uh, I, I, and I they think were talking about how people... heavy it was. Yeah, so, yeah, this makes yeah. sense. It, it, it's it's Barlow's casket. Mm. All right, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I did not put that together, but also I'm I didn't reflect on that until this moment because you know I'm just reading it. Didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know this was a vampire story. Okay, I had no. I didn't know really? anything about this. Yeah, I didn't know a single thing about this. I didn't realize we were caring about vampires. Okay. So, yeah, it, it took me until uh, when he said come in in the, ne- in the last chapter that we finished reading to realize that yeah. this is a vampire story. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's all very subtle. It's very yeah. subtle in how they do it. It's like it's not outright said, you know, vampire. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's like King does take a logic of like of what, you know, like how would you have to analyze how would you have to prove in modern day that there was a vampire because all these other little things that people would always say it's like well you can easily disregard that as five million other things mm-hmm. and that's what i like about this yeah. book is that this book it's like as it feels as much of a believer as he is in vampires it's also very skeptical mm-hmm. he's very skeptical at it and i think that's what does it so great it's yeah it's the skepticism yeah. I also didn't realize it was about vampires until the end of this. I was I like, like, I definitely thought something like paranormal yeah. going on. Not vampires. Correct. <laughs> until Same we thing. got to like the last line of this part and I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. After all this happens, after they drop off, quote, boxes, unquote. Um, yeah. They... You know, the guy goes up to Larry, who's the realtor, and's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Ralphie's body." And Larry's like, "I would hate uh, to find tell everybody that you've been cheating on your wife and have to go to the yeah. cops about like all this." He lays out his entire friend's like illegal stuff that he's been doing. He's like, "But I would hate to have to tell somebody about that." And I'm like, "Larry." What like is it because it goes from like shady deals to oh Larry knows what's going on totally okay with kids going missing as long as it's not him and he makes money off of it yeah like he's the bloodbag supplier I think Larry kind of knew something shady was going on but Larry didn't want to know you know mm-hmm. the, the less he knew the better and yeah. so yeah. That that's what I always took away from it was Larry was trying to save both his ass and the other guys' asses by saying, "You didn't see nothing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Here's an extra fifty. Da 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 da. You didn't see anything. Yeah. I didn't see nothing. I felt like that, but also too, it can always be misconstrued as Larry Crockett's the biggest fucking crook in this whole damn town. Yeah, and yeah. you know this right here is just a huge scumbag move. I think it's a little bit of both." Yeah. I also think that, like, you know, if they're going to go to the cops, if, if they decide to go down the road and they go to the cops, realistically, how do you know that the cops don't know Artie? Exactly. Or can the cops protect you from something they don't know how to fight against? True. Well, yeah. I don't know, most cops will sit there and say, well, we'll just have you locked up in a cell. No one can get to you. And 
Yeah, and then you're going to get murdered. most of those stories in, and then you watch all the cops get killed, and then you're the yeah. last one there, like, oh my god, and then it's all yeah. like, you're, you're next. And yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, I'm saying it right now. If I found out that, like, supernatural things are real, I'd just like, can you listen? I don't want to be involved. I'm going to mind my business. But if you hurt anybody I care about, that's when we're going to have an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to let you do you, um, and I'm going to be over here. And let's just not do this. It'd be one of those things where if I did go to somebody, it would not be the local cops. No. Call in, like, the FBI hotline and be like, all right, what's your division for, like, this weird shit? Uh, Yeah. Do you want them? Um, Listen, you know aliens are real. address. You know Uh, aliens are real. You have to know about this. And Will Smith after you guys. Look, I'm peaced, but this is the address. Here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go find a safe house now. Best of luck <laughs> to you and all of your thing. Uh, I'm going to go, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be my answer. Absolutely not. But, okay, so then we get the uh, local cop, obviously, uh, doing his investigation into Ralphie's disappearance. So one of the he's basically suspecting everybody that has not grown up in this town, which shitty move, but I get it. Okay, yeah. It's like, when Stranger it's that, danger isn't really a thing. Yeah, it's like when it's that small of a town, you're like, I watched this person grow up, and so I know they're not gonna like murder a child, you know. That so is the per- first person I'm going for. Yeah. But also too though, for him, he kind of looks at it as. You know, these two strange individuals with a possible third that has yet to come has just showed up. This nothing has happened in this town quite a while, and yeah. now a child's yeah. gone missing, and one has fallen ill. It's like I get yeah. why they're they're not going to point fingers at their own folks and everything because they're going to point yeah. fingers at the strangers. You know, they're at the foreigners exactly. that come in, and yeah, I get it. But also, why would you? try and be like so suspicious of ben who one does not have cause two has no privacy because he's living at someone else's house with a bunch of other people and make him suspect number one or there's these two dudes that very that very suspiciously opened a business nobody wants in a small town that also bought the murder house yeah. I mean, I feel like I'd be a little bit more concerned about what they're doing and what they're up to than Ben, the author, who's like just spends all I think day they're just covering in their bases. Room. They're, they're yeah. just covering their bases for everything. You know, they want to make sure it's like, you know, um, and, and, and there is like an answer to your question of, you know, when it comes to uh, Gillespie looking into Ben and <laughs> looking in the Straker and all them. And, you know, uh, Gillespie isn't. I guess I wouldn't say he's that bad of a cop, but he could be better. Yeah. He could be a hell of a lot better. Um, you know, though, of course, every time that I read this, all I can think of is Jackie Gleason. So almost at, like anytime something bad happens or I just want to hear Gillespie say you some bitch and everything, <laughs> just like what he does. And uh, smoking the bandit. I will say, though, uh, Ben could not have been more suspicious when he's being interviewed. The guy's like, so what's your book about? And he goes, none of your business. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, chill. exactly. Ben. Ben, doesn't, ben doesn't help it help whatsoever in his cause at the start. You know, I know. Look, we all know, like, these modern writers have the FBI are on an FBI watch list. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, man. <laughs> Me at 15 trying to figure out what my girl with fire powers how she could kill someone and what level of fire that takes right googling it totally not even in incognito hoping you're, you're my parents still on the list for them then <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure oh like, yeah you know what arsonist well that and i wonder if they have just like bullet points and it's like okay if you tag all of these that's just the writer erase them from the list so the console has a very weird meeting with striker um, which I kept referring to in my notes as Straker, and I thought the I was an A, and every time I forget it's actually an I. It is. It's yeah. Straker. Is it Straker? 
Yeah, it's striker, not striker. It's striker. Yeah, it's an A. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> striker. I, I think it's Richard Straker. I think is his is his full name. I keep flipping him around every time in my notes, so I'm not even sure. It, it's fine, you know. We we you know we we've. Um, Ralphie is isn't forgive, Richie. Forgive you for for bullying Ralphie and <laughs> with Richie. Um. So you know the constable then calls the FBI after his very weird conversation, which is honestly the smartest thing anybody's ever done in a book when they're in a, you know, government position. Uh, calling yeah. the FBI was probably a good idea. He's like, hey, can you look into these people? And I forgot the year this was written because they said something about like 1923 or whatever. And I was like, dude, this man's like old, you know? Yeah. But I had forgotten this was like come, came out in the seventies, and that's like a normal time frame for people <laughs> yeah. to be alive still. Like fifty years difference in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like now, if that if the guy was born in like nineteen twenty three, he'd be a hundred. There's no way this man would be moving boxes. Okay. It's old. Yeah. Unless <laughs> he's Superman. Yeah. Or a vampire. I don't know. So. Then we find out that Danny dies at the hospital right when he was he was about to be released. They're like, oh, he's looking a lot better. And then he just suddenly dies. Yeah. So it's like, what did this kid know? So then we are on to chapter five. Ben. I think it's super weird how close Ben and Susie's dad are. I don't know. It's just like they talk the same and it kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Well, like, also, too, I think he, you know, very much at the beginning, you know, he kind of sat there and he thought, like, oh, you know, uh, Floyd was all right. I didn't really kind of much care for Floyd because that's who Susie was with before Ben mm-hmm. and everything. Mama loved Floyd. And then now when Ben comes around, dad's kind of hesitant, but like dad falls all in love with them. You know, I think he hits like all the right boxes that it's like, you know what? I trust this man with my daughter, mm-hmm. you know. Probably a lot more than he trusts Floyd Tibbetts and everything. And, um, you know, and of course, that, that just causes more drama in the family because, you know, Mama Norton hates Ben. Yeah, for no reason, I might add. Yeah. Grooming, grooming. We we talked about that last, you know, well, last yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, he is drastically older, which kind of freaks me out, too, with the yeah. whole, like, yeah. him and the dad, like, shooting the shit. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> this is weird because <laughs> they're talking like they're old like high school buddies and then he's like dating your daughter i just i feel like it's it's weird because it seems like ben is can have more of a conversation with her dad than he can with Susie. if that makes sense like yeah it seems a little like their conversation yeah, fair, yeah. a little shallow and then like her hanging out with his dad like they're actually having friendly conversations yeah but I don't know. We'll see how that develops, I guess. He he definitely has some walls build up around Susie. Yeah. And you see it later on. Like, there are some walls there, and it's all like, break them down, man. Break them down. And Yeah, but I mean, his first wife did just die. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, you have to give him that leeway. Yeah. That is true, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, his... Her mom hates Ben. It's like fuck Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of an interesting dynamic because I feel like most of the time you see that the mother really is more kind-ish, mm-hmm. and then it's the dad that you have to win over mostly in media. But it's just interesting to have this bit of role reversal here. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of dig it, but it's also it's funny because my family is like the exact opposite. Like it usually has been, even like. We literally just had this conversation a few weeks ago with my aunt of my grandfather was like loud, like army guy that you think everyone would be like quaking in their boots at. She goes, oh, no, you brought anybody home. He was fine. It was mom. You had to win over. <laughs> and that's just like, yeah, that's, that, that, that's always one. That's always one parent. It's always one parent. It's you have the easy going one, is, yeah. and, and then you have the one that's like, no, you're at the work hard. <laughs> We're making friends. It's Daniel's always the one that's like, oh, nice to meet you. La 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 la. Nice and happy for everybody. And then I'm like, what's your name? 
what's your occupation who are you what what do you think that you do to deserve to be my friend kind of like <laughs> what's your name address i need to look you up on the internet uh run a background check coming in five years <laughs> what I said, what, uh, uh, what, where do you see our relationship in five years? Like, <laughs> Are you a self-starter? You know? Yeah. So, same vibe, but it's fun. Uh, oh, and then so Ben's like, hey, Susie, how about you come with me and we're going to go down a candy store. And then they have sex in a park for no reason. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, let's walk to the park and then they're just like bang in the park and i'm like oh all right, all right susie technically they got some candy yeah <laughs> sometimes is, yeah it's yeah. so horrible but... oh my god oh my god <laughs> i was not expecting that to happen at all um so was very surprised one thing that was more surprising, though, is that Susie's mom called the candy store to see if they ever got there. And obviously the candy shop lady was like, no, LOL. And so Susie's mom 100% knows something went down as he redrops her off. Oh, it went down. All right. Helicopter. Bone chicka wow. Bone chicka wow wow. Oh my god. I just I was not expecting any of that to happen, so I was like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, most of the books I read for this podcast, you can be surprised if they get hand holding and then I read like a modern classic and they're like and then they banged in the grass and I'm like, whoa, alright. The the, the 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 romanticism really went up a lot, you know. <laughs> you know, holding hands, that was a lot. Banging in the park. That's the sweet spot, you know. <laughs> Literally, we got Salem's Lot banging in the park. 1984, banging in the woods. Right? Right. So then we got, uh, you know, Ben filling us in on the history of the town a little bit, which is nice. So we find out that Hubby, Hubby, Hubert? Hubby. Hubby. Hubby yeah. uh, from the Marston house used to be a mobster, which is a yeah. fun little bit of spice like that i love the lore of the house the lore of the house is actually it feels so real you know yeah it yeah. does have a good background yeah it, it's, it's not one just of the like most interesting parts of the house on the hill yeah. yeah yeah i really like it um and then we he kind of like he gives us a little bit of i don't know like they're trying to point us into a direction of where to like be suspicious and he goes i think the new tenants have something to do with the disappearances and then you're, you as the reader you're like i think the new tenants have something to do with the disappearances yeah which i love a little bit of hand holding i'm not gonna lie because you know i want to be able to start catching up the clues an author gives us so yeah. when they hold your hand a little bit and they're like doesn't this seem suspicious and i can go yeah that does seem suspicious <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't, Don't be, be suspicious. DMCA is you are. <laughs> That's uh, literally where my brain goes whenever I hear suspicious. Anytime yeah. I hear it, just... I'm like, okay. <laughs> Top tier. Um, so then Susan says that she loves Ben. Ben's like, oh shit, dude um kind of a lot for me but okay because i mean his wife did literally just die um less than six months ago so he's not quite there which is fine and we appreciate him for that um but yeah so then ben he's like you know i think i'm gonna go out to the bar which is apparently the only reaction you can have when someone says they love you is to be like you know i'm gonna go drink I need to go get drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to forget this just happened. You, you, you know, this is like the one part of the book that just, you know, it, it, it it's, it stayed timeless and everything. Cause you know, how many people nowadays, I love you. And it's all like, uh, I need to go to the bar and go get drunk with some friends. And it's like, yeah. that translates very well to today, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he couldn't, he couldn't pull a Han Solo and say, I know. <laughs> 
probably still would have been a dickholish way to sit there and oh my god i'm reading um a book series called crave right now and whenever uh-huh. the love interest says i love you the other uh, the main character is like i know and i'm like yes girl uh... yes girl because <laughs> they love watching star wars together and i'm just oh, so frick- i love when they can put uh you know pop culture, pop culture. in a book yeah. and it not ruin it i felt like this is a very good example of but it but then so, again this was yeah. the guy who first did it this was the guy who first did it you mm-hmm. know so kudos so. to king for going to a bar <laughs> <laughs> he's been to plenty of those i'm pretty sure Ernest hemingway is typing so that's what uh, you call it <laughs> so ben is uh he meets up with matt who is the public school teacher uh the english teacher i think and Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's like, hey, do you want to come to my creative writing class? And Ben's like, yeah, sure, why not? And then Weasel gets so freaking drunk that Ben has to bring him home because I don't know, he got paid. And so he's like, time to get wasted. <laughs> Which kudos, Weasel, I guess. Weasel Craig is legit, you know. He, he he he's a man with a big heart you know yeah. uh i know at the beginning they kind of just pass him off as this drunkard that lives in a boarding house but mm-hmm. as you get farther in the book you know we we weasel's always there for ben you know he's not one of those guys that's like gonna shit talk you or anything you know weasel listens and he has a real big heart um it's just, you know, there's like there was like a lot of shit that happened to his character. And it's like, man, I wish you the best weasel. I really wish like you had a better, you know, a better a better ending and everything. Cause he didn't deserve that. He's one of those few really good characters, side characters and everything. Makes sense. I mean, I guess I'll find out because I don't know that much about him. Yeah. I, again, I'm doing my best not to spoil any of this for you guys. So <laughs> we preach, we preach. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. We'll get there. It's fine. Uh, so then we are on to chapter six, the lot. So Danny was buried September 28th. Uh, I just I try and write down these dates when I see them, just to keep mm-hmm. a timeline going. So basically, the entire town is at this funeral. I was getting some Catholic drama through the uh, reciting of the burial stuff. Uh, you know. But hit a little too close to home. Kind of weird. Uh, but, you know. So then Mike is supposed to be covering the grave after the funeral. But he keeps feeling like he's being watched. And he's like starting to freak out. So time is passing like really weird. He's trying Every time he tries to scoop dirt like a ton of time is going by so it, over an hour has gone by and he's only gotten like six scoops and then he's like looking in this coffin and there's a lock on the coffin and he is gets to a point where he becomes convinced that he has to close danny's eyes because they have to be open like they're currently open he feels like they're open he feels like he's being watched so he's like i have to close his eyes so he redigs him up, breaks the lock, and then we uh, he sees the kid's eyes are open and the sun has set. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. And we go to Mark, uh, who is the kid. I love that he, they just like something juicy happens. And they're like, all right, enough of that character. Moving on. And you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Brakes, pump the brakes. What's going on with Mike? And Stephen King's like, don't worry about it. Anyways, Mark. <laughs> so Mark is currently listening to his parents through the vent. And if you ever lived up north, this is a universal experience. Everybody's done it. No better way to listen to people talk shit than through the vents. <laughs> That's why I wouldn't know. I've lived in Texas all my life, so we didn't uh, have that. You know, you just listen through the walls, through the really, really thin walls. So... Oh yeah, vents are excellent, especially if they're right near it. Carries through nicely, and it's mm-hmm. like ah yes, personal speaker system. No, 
Just don't make noise on your end because then they'll hear you and you're kind of screwed. Yeah. I Especially my grandparents' old house in Michigan traveled well. But my grandparents' new house, uh, one of the floor vents is right by the toilet. And knowing how easily sound travels through those, I get so self-conscious the entire time I'm using the toilet. Also, oh my God. the other worst part is that the fan blows directly onto your feet while you're like pooping. And so you're just freezing <laughs> your feet off the entire time. And it's a terrifying experience. Who oh my God. thought that was a really good know. place to put a vent? I have no idea. So, like, you know what I really need? I need my toes to be cold while yeah. I'm pooping. You know, <laughs> that also seems like the worst possible place because what happens if you get an overflow? Well, it's across. So basically, the toilet's on one wall, and then the adjacent wall has the vent right at the base of it. So, like, there's probably about a okay. foot from the toilet. You know, but is it like a floor vent or like a floor vent. wall? That's what I mean, though. It's still, though, <laughs> if you have any know. overflow happen, now you have stuff. I'm, wait, like I'm thinking water about it. In the vent. No, I think it is actually a wall vent. Okay, well then that's not very. But it's like really, really low to the floor. It's not like one of the in floor ones. I think all I can picture is I know people who have the floor ones, and I'm like, your shower suddenly something's happens. Your bath overflows. This sink clogs. That overflows. The toilet clogs, that overflows. I'm like, now you have water in your vent system. Yeah. Well, you just hope that you have like the little slide in <laughs> thing where you can just slide it and it shuts the vent. So, I'm going to guess. Right. I don't actually know. I don't remember. Like, I just know it's like right there and I'm trying to visualize it. I cannot remember if it's on the floor or if it's just on the wall right there. Oh my God. Because I haven't spent a lot of time at that house because they moved there after I grew up. I'm, they moved into that like condo after i grew up and then like we only went there for one summer and i didn't stay at my grandparents house i stayed at my aunt's house Mm -hmm. so i don't spend a lot of time there so i can't really remember so either way i know it's over there in that area but i'm gonna i'm lying to you if i can confirm whether it's on the floor if it's on the wall that makes sense this has been pooping in the vent you know we're barely bookish (laughs) and directly into the vent yeah anyways uh mark <laughs> speaking of pooping the vent mark this child <laughs> good lord instead of pooping he's just listening you know for the <laughs> shallow cries of someone pooping in the bathroom <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> so um he's listening to his parents um which his dad had already warned him about. He's like, if you listen in, you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. But Mark's like, you know what? Going to do it anyways. Love that for Mark. So his parents are trying to figure out if he's actually okay. Or if he's like quietly freaking out. Um, because he's not like showing a whole bunch of emotion about the situation. Because they were coming over to Mark's house. The two boys that went missing. So obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah, probably is a little traumatized about it. And he's like kind of messed up in the head because he's like death is just something that happens. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you are 10. Um, What? I, I feel so close to Mark when it comes to that because when it when it really comes to like trauma or like the loss of someone, I've always had the worst case of like, you know, showing my emotions Mm-hmm. and everything like people be like oh you lost such and such so why aren't you crying or why aren't you and it's like oh it's coming it's yeah. not gonna show but it, it i've always been the one that repressed until i it all just blows over that's what i feel like what mark very much is you that's know he fair. represses yeah. so much of that and i think that's what makes him like super relatable especially to the modern audience today is we've been raised to suppress that shit left and right mm-hmm. um now it's more like it's okay to be in your emotions and through all the trauma it's like no it's not (laughs) and everything it's not okay you know this is so much and you know um yeah nothing's wrong with mark mark is just a normal normal kid yeah it's just a little when you like see the ideas like written out on paper like that's 
kind of fucked up, my guy, but it's like also when you're experiencing that, you probably think along the same lines. Yeah. You know, uh, everyone deals with it differently, and this is just Mark's way of dealing with it. And uh, uh, it, it, it just adds more to the dynamic of the town of, you know, um, I figured a small town like this would have probably have sat there and accepted Mark for being that kind of kid of, oh, he's repressing it, but like also secretly they're going to talk shit behind his back like, oh, that kid's fucked up. He's not crying. And it's like, mm-hmm. you'd have sat there and ridiculed him if he probably was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a double-edged sword. I just think he's like going through it and I feel bad. Yeah. I always look at it as don't sell it. Don't let it know that it's eating at you. You know, don't sell it. And then we're hanging out with Roy, which is a husband who is husband to the baby abuser. Um, And they're just awful people. Truly terrible people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he 100% knows that she's like beating this infant. Okay. A full baby that cannot do anything. Or defend itself at all. Like, already, like, beating children is awful. But, like, Uh babies who physically can do nothing, like, really pulls it in a lot. But, see, I see, from my understanding, because there's not too much backstory on this couple in this book, I kind of sat there and thought, he he was the abuser long ago. And he probably sat there and thought, well, having a baby would probably fix everything. I do think that he that he beat her long before and he knocks some screw loose in her to the point that where she abuses her child, it's her frustration out on him. She, yeah. instead of throwing it out on him, she's throwing it on the child. Cause that's what he cares about. Probably more than, you know, he cares about her and well, I mean, to her, to, yeah, he looks at her yeah. as like, you know, you clean the house and you make me dinner. That's all you're ever good for. You know, you got me my child. And so in order to like get revenge, she literally hits him, you know, by attacking the one thing he quite possibly really only actually cares about, which is still fucked up. This whole family is so fucked up. But yeah, I do secretly think that she was already abused to begin with. She was abused by him and this is her way of getting back at him. But all it's going to do is he's going to abuse her again. and She's going to abuse the infant and it's all a vicious cycle and it's ugly and it's unneeded. You know, yeah, I thought it was almost like, obviously, you can tell she's being abused by him Mm -hmm. of like, oh, the baby will fix everything. And now that it hasn't, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Why haven't you fixed it? And I think even I said at one point, it was like she thought everything would be different getting married and having the baby. And now it's just the same. Yeah, it's actually worse. It's far worse because because she she can't she can't. I guess she can't feel like she's being herself that the baby is what tied her down, which, you know, again, like you guys should guys should at least sat there and put it up for adoption. But obviously he would have probably been like, hell no, my kid, da da da, you know, I beat the hell out of you and kill you first before you think about trying to throw it away to like an orphanage and everything. Wasn't she like a teenager too? Yeah. There was like a teen pregnancy situation yeah, I, yeah. and then her parents forced her to marry him on top of that like when she got yeah. pregnant so honestly these are just two people who should be nowhere near each other and they have a child mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep and of course back then divorce was still frowned upon yeah it's, it wasn't yeah. like what it is today. yeah and then we've got uh dud killing more rats a lot of rats in this town pew pew yeah don't know why but it's what it is i guess everyone has their vices his is just really fucked up yeah his is <laughs> killing rats and fantasizing about a high school girl which is yeah disgusting um and then he uh straker comes out and he's like hey what if i made you really hot and dud's like i'm listening and then uh darkness descends and it's barlow it's barlow is it barlow that's out there yes that's barlow this is the introduction he's got the red eyes yeah Yeah. which to me this is my notes this is the best introduction to a fucking king villain ever 
it's mm-hmm. in the oddest setting that it's in a dump but yeah you know he, he's talking about fire and then he's offering dud what he most values the most and everything mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god you know mm-hmm. i kind of felt a little bit of like oh you can take me barlow and it's <laughs> You know, it's like, I want to I, I want to be a lost boy, you know. I mean, dad doesn't really have anything going for him. He's no living in a tent in the, you know, trash pit. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm also like, why does Barlow have to even recruit people into his little whatever? It's more like it, it, it's just spreading. It's just spreading, you know, the vampirism and everything and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that's all he cares about is making more of his kind, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, well, like, wasn't that kind of also the basis of Dracula? Because this is pretty much it's it's a remake of Dracula. That's what I the haven't story finished is. Dracula. You haven't. I still I read haven't. it so long ago. I always stop after the first Harker, like you know when Harker you know goes through all the stuff. Because to me, like that's like the best part of the whole book is the whole intro. So I definitely, mm-hmm. I definitely know I have to finish it. But um, yeah, like the whole point was just to make a whole bundle of vampires and then have that shit spread out all over the U.S. Like that, that's just his goal: make more of his kind. That's it. You know, uh, you don't really get a lot of backstory with Barlow and everything, yeah. but but I like the mystery of it. It's just he's this guy who pops up, and it's all like I'm going to convert your already fucked up town into my fucked up town and everything and yeah it's pretty much it but yeah this to me this is the best introduction to a villain yet i have yet to sit there and see any other introduction more iconic than barlow's yeah i like it i'm very Mm -hmm. interested to see what's gonna happen uh in the next part but uh and then we also have the priest being drunk and he hates everything and everyone. Probably should no longer be a priest, but <laughs> alas, here we go. Look, as long as he's not a pedophile, like... Yeah, apparently the bar is on the ground, you know. <laughs> the, 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 the thing is about Father Callahan um, is uh, when I read this, I was like, oh, this is Father Callahan. I like this character in the book far better than what they did in the miniseries. Because that, that's how I discovered this book was through the Toby Hooper miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my favorite character because he pops up in another book and everything. Oh, and oh, my God, whenever I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, I know who that is. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite King characters. I love Callahan. It's a man fighting for like his own fate. So you get like a little bit of an element of the exorcist where it's a guy grappling with you know is his face fleeting yes and um and then of course uh uh what is it uh i i like the stories that he talks about you know uh i i joined the cloth and everything to fight evil but evil wasn't what i thought it was evil wasn't the devil and you know it's it's something a little bit more complex and more freudian and that's what i love about this character it's you know, it's like he tried to sign up to be a superhero just to realize there aren't really supervillains to stop. You know, it's, yeah. um, I like that character. Yeah, I'm interested to see more of him. So all we've gotten is him in the funeral and then this little scene of him so far. Yeah, he gets he gets kind of slowly edged into the story. And then we're on to chapter seven, Matt. So Ben's at the school talking to Matt's class. And then, you know, we don't really get to see him at the school. They talk, they have this like conversation about Matt doing marijuana for some reason. And I was like, okay, Matt, love that for you. Anyways. And then we see Ben at Matt's house. So then they talk again about Ruthie. We find out she's in high school, which makes all the conversations about her very weird. Um, And... They like talk about her sexy voice and I'm like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Please stop. Mm-hmm. If I find out Susie's in high school later on in this, I'm going to freak out. That's all. She's I'm not. Saying. She's okay, not. Good. Cause I will lose my mind. That's what I thought at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she first was introduced, I was like, Oh God, we have like teenage fangirl here. And then I was like, okay, no, she's, she's fine. Like, oh my God. You just kind of have yeah, that yeah. energy. Cause she's very, she seems to be very innocent and everything. So 
But yeah. You've never left your small town. Yeah, that's fair. You are always innocent. <laughs> you know nothing. Oh, she does that whole thing where she's like, I want to go to the big city. And I'm like, okay. I think every small town person, though, wants to at least sit there and try the city once. Oh, um, yeah. I did college in the big city in Houston. And the one thing I definitely do not like is the traffic. You know, I like making fun of the people that walk on the sidewalks while I'm in traffic. So that's what saved my sanity is making fun of those people. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's very much some stuff to offer. Yeah. yeah, it's very much uh, if you live in a small area with not a lot of people, go somewhere that has a lot of people for a little while and then you can yeah. go back if you want. Like, yeah, but just. Get out. <laughs> Get it's better out to have for a, a taste than, than to have the whole meal to yourself. You know? Yeah, I went from mm-hmm. my very small town to my parents brought me to New York City for vacation. And then I was immediately like, I cannot live in a city. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Everything smells like butthole. And I don't like it. So I knew immediately. I know what part of New York smells like butthole. Subways. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And whenever yeah. you get on a vent that is pumping out subway air, smells like butthole. I don't know what people do in the subway, but it's gross. And it's, it's all the homeless stinky. people. I don't know. Oh, I'm like, like, are people <laughs> peeing into these vents? Like, it smells awful. I, I would not doubt it. I would not doubt it. Yeah, you know? it's disgusting. It's, it's probably like uh, humans you said, are disgusting. Uh, homeless you know? people will live down in subway areas. Or maybe they heard about, you know, your your grandparents, you know, low vent, and so they're pooping in the vents now. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta try this. Like, it just blows cool air up there. And <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dries everything out for you. Right? Yeah. Well, I it's went... like a duvet. Oh, sorry. No, I no, did a study abroad in London, and everyone's like, I'm so excited to be in a big city. And me already knowing I don't like cities, I was like, I'm excited do a new experience but like i knew i was gonna hate the city and london's fine i just am not a city person at all like when we did like a little day trip to the countryside i'm like this this is yeah. where it's at you know yes yeah. yes i tea i still time. <laughs> i still find it funny when we were comparing your small town yeah quote unquote <laughs> small town there is literally the tattoo lives in one town in Maine that has more people than where she lives. And that is Portland. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is smaller. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. And then you're well, like, wait, no, like here's this town that I lived in before, and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, now there's two towns in Maine <laughs> that are bigger. <laughs> Yeah. Well, also, like, geographically, they make our towns, like, huge. So it kind of, like, encompasses a lot more people than I feel like they should, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like a lot of the northern states, the towns, like, miles-wise is, like, really, really small. And our towns, like, stretch. Like, my town of, that I live in now, um, I can drive from one end to the other side of town and it's going to take me an hour. Like a town should not be that big. Uh, I was looking for an average and just not give me an average, but we have one square mile to 75 square miles in size. <laughs> That's got to be those super north ones that are just like the letters. Oh, no, 79. No, these ones aren't the letter ones. Oh, really? No. 79. Yeah, because I know just like straight across wise. I don't know. Let me see how many square miles Bradenton is. Let's see the one that works. I mean, also the entire uh state of maine has just over a million people anyways we gotta finish Taylor's vlog. <laughs> we do yeah. so um matt has made the same connection between the missing kids that ben has um and then matt's like hey me you 
and Susan, Susan should Susan, Jesus, <laughs> Susan, <Christ>. wow, <laughs> Shushan, 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 Shine, yeah, I immediately went Shine. <laughs> uh, oh if God. you don't watch uh, Rapsada Geese on Thursday nights, what are you doing? Right, come hang out with us. Anyways, come watch uh, Rachel get absolutely horrified every single time we get into a new chapter of Candlekeep. Why and question, so what ghosts? is she doing there? <laughs> so many ghosts in haunted houses. <laughs> and no, scary nursery rhymes where the kills you, it's fine. God, I'm going to be drinking more. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyways, Matt's like me, you, and Su- Susan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, should all go to the Marston house under the guise of welcoming them. Then welcoming, jeez, I'm gonna have to rest my voice. I guess after this, <laughs> I cannot talk anymore. Under the guise of welcoming them to town. So uh, Ben's like, solid idea, love that. Let's totally go to little vampire house and welcome them to town and see what happens. Of course. So. Then, you know, Matt's like, I'm going to go to the bar. He runs into Mike at the bar, and Mike looks like he's dying. This dude is pale. He looks like his eyes are all bloodshot. He looks a mess. And Mike is like, I haven't eaten in days. Every time I try and eat something, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I keep throwing up. Cannot get any food down. You know, every time I go to sleep, I sleep. I, this is what I should have known. This was a vampire book, but I still didn't put it together. He goes, every time I sleep, I don't wake up until the next night. I sleep through the whole day. And I'm like, oh my god, Mike is dying. He's got a plague. And then Matt's like, hey, how about you come stay the night at my house, and then I will take you to the doctor in the morning. Mike just trying to be a or Matt just trying to be a wonderful dude. Totally about to get murdered by vampires. So he brings uh, Mike home. He's like, hey, go get set up in the bestro. And Mike like takes his shirt off and there is just marks all over Mike's body. He looks super pale. And Matt is like, ooh, this is not good. Not good yeah. at all. So he goes and he's like listening. He does that thing at night where you know something bad is gonna happen so you just like cannot sleep and you're listening for the quietest sound and he hears mike say come in and then he sneaks over to the little door and apparently hears giggling and then also sucking sounds and i'm like oh it's a vampire book yeah i i think it was come in i realized what was happening and Me i was too. like That's and i'm like no you don't let them in <laughs> but also too mike doesn't know you know like I, yeah, I don't think like most of these people sit there and know exactly what they're doing. I think they just think that they're just hallucinating, you know, yeah. whatever got them sick and everything. But yeah, like this right here, this and then going into Act Two is like some of the best suspense mm-hmm. that King has ever written in a book. So good. the suspense that Matt is doing, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but in actuality, is inviting uh, some evil into his house that. You know, he never really thought, you know, truly existed. He just thought that they were just penny dreadful tales and everything. And, um, but yeah, I really, really enjoy the end of Act One going into Act Two. It's one of the best parts of a book to me, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm very excited to read Act Two, but, Mm -hmm. uh, thank you both for joining me. James, where can all the people on the internet find you and all your stuff? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash the gothic storyteller. And you can pretty much find me almost all the socials, Facebook, uh, Instagram by that. I go by the gothic wafer. That's an inside joke on Twitter. And yeah, that, that's about it. And Nova, where can people on the internet find you? Uh, they find me pretty much anywhere at Novasaurus Rex with two X's. Everything's pretty much linked. You find one, you can find pretty much everything. Yeah. And thank you all listeners. We will catch you all in the next chapter. Bye. Bye.
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on everything. And uh, I also have a Patreon, so you can join the Patreon for as low as $1 a month and get access to a bunch of great exclusive bonus content. I know I sound a little different in this outro. It is because um, I did have to travel for Hurricane Ian. Um, You're fine. The house is fine. But unfortunately, we still have no power or no electric, and it's been about a week now. Uh, They're hoping that we should have power next weekend but we will see because the internet cable did get ripped out of the house so you know at least i have places to go things are fine it's just yeah i'm gonna sound a little wonky in my outros for the moment but it is what it is we will make do but i do hope you all enjoyed this episode next week we will be continuing on with more salem's lot and yeah then get to enjoy some fun things like that Hopefully you didn't just hear Mooncat just meowing at the door because she do that. Either way, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and I will catch you all next week with more content. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freepd.com and I'll catch you all later. Bye! <laughs>